Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting, and my guest is Anne-Marie Fauski, Vice President of Marketing at Symmetria Recovery. Anne-Marie, hello. It's great to have you. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. You're so welcome. Start off by saying a bit about your background in marketing, and after you've done that, tell us one interesting thing about you that most people don't know. Ah, well, I am a marketing generalist. I cut my teeth in agency work in Washington, D.C. I've worked for government, nonprofit, corporate, you name it. And the thing that maybe most people don't know is I have written copy for past presidents, second first lady, so vice president's wife, and governors in a a variety of different situations. But yes. Wow, that's interesting. Which presidents? I'm going to date myself if I go back this far. (laughs) Bush Sr., and mm-hmm. Marilyn Quayle. Yeah. That's in my, I'm, I'm perfectly old enough to know exactly who those folks are. And the, wow, that's really, so you've had quite a, a breadth of experience. Yes. Yes. And I enjoy the variety so very much. It, it's always interesting to get to know and understand audiences and personas yep. and try to work through that puzzle of communicating. Yeah. It's all about the audience, right? Absolutely. Every audience is a little different, and it's that puzzle of how do you connect with this audience? Exactly. Yeah, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So now I came across a really interesting blog post on the Symmetria website, and it's about how stigma is one of the biggest challenges to overcoming substance abuse disorder. And I probably should have mentioned that Symmetria Recovery is an organization that, that provides services for people who've become addicted to a substance to help in recovery. So again, this blog post was about how there's a stigma attached to overcoming substance use disorder, to even seeking help in the first place. And so the language that you used, that we all use to talk about this really matters. And that thinking very carefully about the language we use can exacerbate that stigma or it can help lessen it. And that got me thinking that from your perspective, in your role as VP of marketing, that you have to be really careful in the language that you use in your marketing campaigns, in your messaging. And I I really want to dig into that, how that works for you. So first, to help us understand, describe the audience that you're trying to engage in this role. Sure. We, we treat, we specialize in opioid addiction as well as general alcohol. The term opioid use disorder, OUD, or substance use disorder, SUD, and alcohol use disorder, AUD. Those are the terms that are generally more used in the last few years, and we gravitate toward that type of terminology to refer to someone who is working through recovery. Do you use use instead of abuse? Is that the the deliberate switch? Yeah, so this is where it's really interesting when you get into semantics and nomenclature. There are organizations that have come out with lists of acceptable terms. There's lots of documentation as to why you would use a certain word in a certain situation, but there's always the person who is in recovery or is using at the moment who has their own way of referring to themselves. So Mm -hmm. you've got a lot of things going on. As a marketing person, you're looking for that perfect keywording in search terms. So we as a, an organization would put on our website 
a person with substance use disorder versus an addict or abuser. However, if you were going to go and read something on Reddit and really get to know audiences of a certain age uh, and section, you would see them referring to themselves in every sort of negative terminology that would surprise you. So how do you find that balance of someone who's going to Google heroin assistance near me, heroin help, different search terms for that person where they are at that moment? So you have to find a way to make sure that most of your wording is appropriate and and sensitive so that we don't demean or or appear to demean someone. Uh, We want to attract them in a professional manner as much as Mm -hmm. possible while still throwing in a couple of the words here or there that might come up in the search engines so they find us. (laughs) Yeah, okay. I can see how that can be a difficult needle to thread right? because the average person searching for the kind of services that you offer might very well say substance abuse help or heroin right. abuse, right? I mean, it's, it's a pretty common phrase. Right. How If I, someone will search, how do I get clean? Clean is not a term that we want to label you with. So mm-hmm. we're going to have that search engine available that hopefully you'll find us. However, we're not going to refer to you as being clean or dirty because we don't want to ever give the impression that what you're doing is a moral failure of some type. Mm. And those kind of words imply moral failure. Yeah. So just to be clear, is your audience specifically, typically people who are suffering from these various disorders and are you marketing directly to them? Are you marketing to their families or both? That's a great question. And we just had this discussion yesterday about developing a new website and who the audience is. So there is the audience that we first and foremost want to treat, which is the person seeking recovery. Secondly, the loved ones who are searching for help for their their family member or loved one. And third, uh, the physicians or professional medical staff who are looking for a program to refer their patients to. So you have three different things going on at once, but first and foremost is treating, treating the chronic illness. And we're a very unique organization in that we are treating the whole person, not just addictive behavior. And in in order to achieve long-term recovery, you have to start with the person. You have to look at all the triggers, all the traumas uh, that have happened through your life to get you to where you are now so that you can then begin to address and change the things that need to be changed. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So you described these three audiences, Mm -hmm. and I would imagine that the engagement strategies for each one are at least a little bit different, and maybe even significantly different if you're talking about physicians. That's a very different group of people than the families who are dealing with a family member who has a disorder or something like that. Exactly. If you're dealing with a physician, they're going to want to know data. What are your success rates? What what are we talking about in terms of the amount of time it takes, how often is the person going to end up in the ER again? Are they going to are they going to continue on this path? And if you're a loved one, you're looking at things like tough love. Do I need to give tough love? Is that a thing? And if you're the person in the throes of pain, you all you want is to stop feeling pain right now and feel better. So three different mindsets altogether. 
Yeah, and I would imagine that this would also bring into play different channels. That it might be doctors are hanging out in one place, and you got to reach them through one channel, and families through a different channel. What channels do you guys use? What strategies are you using right now to engage these various audiences? We engage in a number of different channels, and and we're adding more to the mix all the time. So because our our patient, our average patient is between the ages of 18 and about 60 years old, that's pretty much everybody. (laughs) We we are emphasizing quite a bit of SEO with things like the blog that you saw. We want to um, have as much in the way of testimonials as possible, so peer-to-peer information is very important. Someone wants to listen to a counselor who's been there, who is a recovering person if they can, or others around them that have similarities. So the SEO is big. We do some PPC. We're looking at a number of different channels within everything from digital radio to Ad Prime, Hulu. Mm. There's an audience that has some correlation with gaming and sports. And there's mm-hmm. another audience that is completely different. I don't know if you're aware, but just during COVID, alcohol sales have increased 400%. I've read about that. Mm-hmm. And the last six months, women daytime drinking is up 40%. So we have a, a two things going on in culture. We have normalized daytime drinking day drinking is a thing and there are clubs built around it and social Mm. norms now created around that, but it's had the adverse effect of, of creating a new layer of addiction, AUD that's out there. So that's just, that's one area we want to make sure we're getting to those women's talk groups on social media. So definitely going to where these different groups go and hang out as much as possible. (laughs) There's no shortage in audience to get to simply because we know one out of five people was suffering with depression, anxiety, and some sort of disorder before COVID hit. And with that onset, it's the, the numbers have skyrocketed. One out of three kids is thinking about suicide right now. And adults, it's very high when you talk about use disorders. So COVID has really upped the stakes for everyone, of course, in all kinds of ways. But for you and your role, it really presents Mm -hmm. some interesting challenges. Right. We know that there's, in talking to other agencies and programs and services, whether it's inpatient or outpatient, there are an awful lot of people out there searching for help online, but whether they're going and getting it is another thing. So we're trying to do everything we can to knock down the stigma and wording to welcome people and have them understand they're not alone. It, we all suffer from some sort of mental health issue at one point or another in our lives. There's nothing morally failing about that. There's nothing wrong with that. And reaching out to get help is the same as if you had a cold that turned into a sinus infection. You know you need medication. You better go get it. This is just another one of those things that should be addressed. Yeah. I think we've come a long way in our society over the decades in destigmatizing mental health, but right. the stigma is still there. We still have quite a ways to go. I can really see how hearing from colleagues, hearing from peers, people who have are dealing with the same issues, have benef- benefited from your services. Hearing directly from those folks mm-hmm. in testimonials, as you mentioned, could be really powerful. Because only if you've been there and done that can you really speak 
the down and dirty truth about what it's all about and what you can and, and how you can get help. And how the language you use with yourself I, is so important. Mm. So when uh, a person who's using gets with another person who's using, they tend to knock on each other but it's okay. It's safe to do that. I'm, I'm going to knock on myself, but I'm going to knock on you too. But we're reinforcing that, that behavior or that outlook. And it, that's a habit that you, you want to get away from as much as you can. You, you need to hmm. uh, be searching for people that are going to reinforce the positive and what's happening around you. If it's just using something as a, oh, I had a dirty drug screen. No, it's, it wasn't dirty. And you're allowed to have relapses while you're going through recovery. That's part of the process. So get in that mindset that just because you had a screen test that came back with uh, something other than perfection, it's just part of the process. It, you'll get there. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and reinforcing that discussion with others who hear you and have been there is like you said, very important. Oh, that's really interesting. So language use, its this is not obviously just a marketing problem, but this is part right. of the process of recovery, learning how to avoid certain language and adopt other kinds of language that, that help in positive reinforcement and that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So be, besides this particular language issue, what are some other challenges that you face in engaging these various audiences? I think... <laughs> It's a multi-level process that people go through. So you're not just dealing with someone who's picked up the phone or looked at your website and called you for the first time. They've probably been, have attempted to stop using street or prescription medications or alcohol on their own a number of times and have already felt the sense of failure in doing that. They, have, they may have already gone through several programs. You don't know where they are. So meeting that them where they are is very important doing a lot of listening before Mm -hmm. let me give you all my fabulous advice (laughs) of really listening to them let them be heard and giving them the respect that they really need I I think one of my favorite aspects about what we do and when I said we get to the root cause of the problem is you're assigned a team of people who have specialties in psychiatry and counseling and they might be uh, into aromatherapy or yoga or spiritual, all the things that you need to make up who you are individual. So there's no cookie cutter process. There's no, I don't want to reference another organization, but there's no um, set way that you're going to be treated. And I think once that clicks with someone that, hey, they're listening to me, and I have this team of people who back me up. That's where the magic happens. And I, I, you, I just can't say enough about when that moment happens and you see the patient change. Very rewarding for our, our amazing people who do this work. I, I can imagine that must be a very powerful moment when sure. that happens. And that makes sense. This is a very personal situation. Mm-hmm. And in a private situation, Everybody's different. Everyone needs their own personalized kind of treatment. And does that mean that to a certain degree in your messaging and your marketing, it needs to be personalized to to mirror that journey toward recovery? It does. I, I think one of the hardest things to do is when you're trying to look for a graphic image to depict what's going on, there is no person 
that looks a certain way. Uh, it's it's not somebody who's dirty, laying in a corner, covered up, disheveled and unshowered. It's the mom at home with kids. It's the dad at work all day, putting in rough hours trying to make the mortgage. It's the person who had a sports injury that turned around and got addicted to something for the first time in their lives. It's someone who witnessed their parents with that sort of behavior that duplicated it. Every walk, every social background you can think of. So it's everyone. It's people you know. Yep. Neighbors, people, your acquaintances, friends even. Right. So what's an example of a marketing campaign or of messaging that you feel has really connected with this audience and managed to navigate all these tricky problems that we've been discussing? Right now, we have a new campaign that I'm really excited about, and it has to do with veterans. We are under the Mission Act for the government. Vets can seek help outside the normal VA locations. And in Texas in particular, you have a lot of people who don't live close to the amenities that are available through the government. So an organization like ours can come in and be a subsidy and assistance to those government entities. They can refer out to us for the specialty service of addiction help and send them back to the VAs or wherever they want to go to next. So the message that we're helping vets get the attention they deserve is that that just to me is heaven. It's nirvana. We're encouraging them to walk in the door. And so many of our vets are resistant to seek service for any type of thing. First, because there's hurdles to getting in, but the mental, emotional, physical makeup that goes into those who have served presents a whole nother layer. Very often we refer in recovery, we use the term PTSD as one of the traumas that are mentioned, but we've recently discovered that a vet does not like that terminology. Don't tell me I have PTSD because maybe I don't, or that that term has become an umbrella term now. It refers to a lot of different things. Could be childhood trauma, could be something that had absolutely nothing to do with seeing or being involved in conflict, physical conflict out there. But still understanding that we, again, we need to listen to that audience. We need to listen to their special need first before we decide what their treatment's going to be. So in, in so many ways, it comes back to the problem of language. It's all language. It's We talk about persona development. Who's your audience? Who's the individual? It's... It, you always have to come at it from a listening standpoint before you can do any messaging. That's so true. And people might hear that and say, well, of course you have to listen. What's the big deal? But anyone who's in, been in a communication role knows, I think, that listening is not as easy as you might think. Really mm-hmm. carefully listening and, and then using what you've learned from listening to actually help that person to respond in a way that makes sense. It, in my experience, at least, it takes practice to learn how to listen like that. It's humbling and it's servant leadership in a way because you're not expecting that all my, I have all this wisdom to bestow upon you. It's not like that at all. It's, wow, you've taught me right. about what your situation was. Now let me see if 
what I'm hearing, I can help by doing this and this. Right. Easier said than done. So, Anne-Marie, final thoughts. So based on all your breadth of experience, what's something that marketing and communication professionals, your colleagues, in other words, can start doing today, right now, to improve how they engage their audiences? Mm. I always start with the testimonials or the the chat groups right now. There's so many chat groups available. I mentioned Reddit earlier. That's a great resource, a place to go uh, where untethered people are speaking their minds and listen to that audience. Pull out the language, the keywords that you're hearing, and make sure you're defining those appropriately within whatever organization you're in. After you hear that language and you begin to hear the pattern of words, the keyword terms, the four or five words in a in a row that are making themselves apparent, then go Google those terms some more and dig deeper. Just keep digging because it, it becomes the language that you use internally as an organization as well. It drives your mission. It drives everything. Great advice. Great advice. Anne-Marie, thank you so much for a really engaging conversation. You're welcome. Again, thank you for inviting me. It was a pleasure. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.